Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, onto the show. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. I have to admit, I swiped this from a headline from our next guest's blog. The truth is, I've made a career being fascinated by the smarter people around me. And when I met Jason Grants for the first time, I knew I was in the right room, and I knew I had to dig deeper and learn more. Jason's a thought leader. He is passionate about clarifying some of the myths and misconceptions about retirement planning. And he's also the co-creator and primary author of the aforementioned The 401k Plan blog. He's also a new colleague here at Integrated, and uh, it's really my pleasure to have him join us here today. He's been published in several industry journals, including the Journal of Pension Benefits, the Journal of Compensation and Benefits, and the ASPPA Journal. And in one conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, I knew he'd always be the smartest person in any room he was in with me. So Jason, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us here on Perfectly Integrated. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our chat. Yeah, Jason, I want to begin at the beginning. How did you develop such a passion for retirement planning? So I I think that's an interesting question. Usually when I'm asked about how I got started in this business, I I tell people that almost everyone in the 401k plan business falls into it by accident. And I'm no exception. However, if I think hard enough about it, it doesn't surprise me that I ended up in the employee benefits field and specifically in retirement. My father was a blue-collar worker a union employee for over 40 years. And to him, union benefits were extremely important. And it was something that uh, was discussed and ever present in my home growing up. His retirement, the when, the amount that was front of mind for him so much that when my brother and I started earning income as teenagers, he would make sure that we had some of our earnings go into IRAs. Um, So I think it would be fair to say that the passion for this business is there in part because it was instilled in me as a young person. And then later, because it was challenging I found I had an aptitude for the geekier side of the business, and I knew that while I was doing well, I could also do some good. It's such an interesting space because, you know, advisors are always telling folks, hey, you got to start young. You have to start investing when you're younger. And you guys were investing in IRAs when you were kids. That's, That's amazing to kind of instill that from such an early age. Yeah, it was really important to him. I mean, we we came from, you know, work hard, play hard perspective. You know, he was blue collar. My mom didn't work until I was a teenager, you know, and so we were solidly middle class and, and so, you know, but we came from that solidly middle class, you know, background where my, my grandparents were immigrants and, you know, their, their goal as immigrants were to give their kids a better life. And my parents' goal was to give their kids a better life. And, and I feel the same way about my kids. That foundation is incredible. Uh, and it will make it easier someday, you know, for them, for your kids to want to kind of invest, for you to want to kind of be putting money aside uh, for retirement. You know, advisors are such smart people by nature, but building and managing 401k plans can be tough. You know, what are some of the challenges, the pitfalls, you know, they face along the way, some of the myths and misconceptions, if you will, all about uh, 401k plans and retirement planning? Yeah. So I, I think the challenges in in today's market are come in one of two forms. It's either practical challenges or financial challenges. And the 401k plan space, you know, requires expertise, either by the advisor or by someone associated with the advisor. And most advisors don't have the bandwidth to develop this expertise, you know, and also being expert in all the other things that financial advisors are are, are working with, you know, wealth management, financial planning, tax planning, that sort of thing. They end up dabbling it and 
they or they stay away from it. And because of this, and because of the changes in regulatory regime that's being put out there by by uh, the government uh, and by the enforcement agencies, we're starting to see a specialist model grow. And I think that that's um, going to be where the majority of advisors end up heading is because that expertise is required, but it's largely absent with the advisor because of practical reasons. And yet the expertise is necessary. And so the specialty model has been growing very aggressively over the last five or six years. And I believe it's going to continue to grow. And while that expertise issue is a problem, the second area is, is something that's impacting many areas of financial services, which is fee compression. You know, we're in the age of access to information where the internet, uh, you know, you want to know something, it's just a, you know, a Google entry away. And fee compression has hit this space very hard over the last five plus years. And so it's become real hard for advisors to run a 401k practice profitably, more pointedly, as profitably as their other lines of business. A lot of advisors are at that crossroads. Do I exit the space altogether or do I find a way to make it profitable for myself, even though it's not the only thing I do? And that's where the specialty model comes in, where, where there's partnership with, with folks like us, like myself and my partner, Will, who are retirement plan specialists, and this is really all we do. That's the key here. It's it's finding the right partners, finding those right relationships so that ultimately, despite fee compression, this can be a thriving area of your business and, and you can help people save. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? Is um, the, the word retirement, it's right in the title. Is you know, if if there's no money saved, there's no there's no financing for retirement. That's exactly it. It's it's how can you get people to save? And you must get that question all the time, right? You must get the question, hey, where should I be putting my money so my retirement's safe? Like, how do you answer that question when you know every Tom, Dick, and Harry off the streets probably wandering up to you as Mr. Thought Leader to get the answer to that? Well, it's funny. I, I used to tell people, you know, just generally, oh, you know, people would ask me, oh, what do you do? And I'd say, oh, you know, I'm in the 401k space. And what they would hear is, oh, you're a financial advisor. And inevitably, they'd ask me for, you know, you got a hot stock tip, you know, or, or something like that. But um, I would tell people that the best advice I can give them is to save. Save early, save as much as they can afford, because when we've done the studies on retirement readiness, we can quantify the importance of savings rate versus the other factors that go into a successful paycheck replacement. And, and guess what? It's by far, by far the most important factor, more than three times more important than the next most important factor, which is asset allocation. So when I get asked, I, I tell them, save their money. If possible, do so in a tax advantage manner. And the easiest way it is to automate it somehow. And 401k plans are a really good tool if they have access to one at work. Do they have access to it at work? Is that something you're seeing is increasing or more, or is it getting worse now, you know, with, since the great recession that, you know, they're starting to pull back on retirement savings through the workplace? Well, I mean, this, the numbers are out there and, and it's, you know, the big number that I've heard repeated a lot is 50% or 60% of people have access to a workplace retirement savings plan. That means that, you know, nearly half of American workers in the private sector today don't have access to, to a workplace retirement plan. And, and that's really uh, an industry-wide issue. You know, that's a, you know, it's a systemic issue and it's one that's not um, unknown. It's actually a fairly known issue and lobbyist gr- groups, groups like the American Society of Pension Practitioners and, and the American Retirement Association and the National Association of Plan Advisors, we're all working with our government officials to try and tackle coverage as a, as a, uh, 
as an area where we can help hopefully solve one day. And you're starting to see that. I mean, the Secure Act, which came out a few years ago, created these um, new plans called pooled employer plans, which are supposed to help break down some of the cost and fiduciary risk barriers for new plan startup and entry uh, into new, re- you know, for new employers to enter retirement plan space. We're get, we there's um, some bills that are or some parts of bills that are going through Congress right now, which would um, potentially create mandatory retirement plan offerings for certain size employers that if they don't have one at the workplace, they either have to offer an employer sponsor plan or provide access to some sort of payroll deduction IRA vehicle. And some of the states have already done that already. I mean, New Jersey, for example, where I'm based, we have a 2021, we have a mandatory requirement for employers above 25 that have been in business for two years or longer which basically says that if you don't offer a workplace retirement plan before the end of the calendar year, you're required to provide your employees access to New Jersey Secure Choice, which is a payroll deduct IRA program. This is one of these areas where both governments, whether they're state or federal, and private sector and industry are actually aligned, which is we need more plan formation because we need to tackle the savings gap, which is a very real one in a lot of places in the United States. And and that savings gap you know, leads us right into another passion of yours, which is this elder poverty issue. It's was so interesting as I dug deeper into this, getting ready for today's conversation. I, I was startled by this crisis that exists in this country. And, and really it all whittles back to this, which is folks aren't saving enough when they're younger. You know, how do we, and where can we begin to create more well-designed plans so that we can defeat this uh, elder poverty issue we're dealing with. Yeah, so it's, um, it's you know these are systemic problems, right? So we're we're talking about the wealth gap, which can also be an equity problem. It's not just isolated to um, one group or another, but it actually does impact certain groups in an unbalanced. And combating these these types of problems requires a multi-front approach. So. What our firm does at Integrated Pension and Integrated Partners is we try and attack it from inside the workplace, right? We we try and we we try and work through their through the you know the pyramid of trust, right? Who does who do these employers trust the most? Well, typically sitting at the top of that pyramid of trust is a CPA, their 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 tax accountant, right? And and so if we as advisors can have a have a intelligent conversation with those tax advisors about some of the tax advantages and benefits that are avail- available today for new plan formation, well, we might just get new plans to form. And if we do get new plans to form, then we can have a really intelligent consultation with the business owner as to what the goals are. And the goals there can be can be varying depending on how maternalistic that employer is towards their staff or whether or not there's just a real, you know, a really strong tax play that we can actually approach that business owner with. So there's a lot of way there's and there's a lot of tools at our disposal whether that's designing a uh, an advantaged employer contribution or leveraging a multiple plan approach where we can do a 401k plan and a cash balance plan together or simply you know um, doing things that are more tactical like creating a stretch match arrangement to try and encourage higher deferral rates by the employees these are all techniques that are uh, tools in our toolbox if you will that are there that we can use and deploy when when needed to try and achieve whatever the goals of the employer are, which obviously differ from employer to employer. So it sounds like the solution is around incentivizing savings. How can we get people to save? How can we incentivize them to save more? And obviously 
that hopefully will solve the problem. It looked like we were heading in the right direction with kind of where the elder crisis was going. And then, but it's not just the incentive incentivization, but it's also designing the plan around removing barriers to the employee has to success. And some of those barriers are not incentive based. They are behavioral. You know, you go back to some of the great works of people like Richard Thaler or uh, Shlomo Bernardzi, who put out books on this subject, where you're dealing with things like inertia and procrastination, and how do we, you know, uh, how do we, how do we combat those? Well, there's ways we can build plans or design retirement plans so that we're not necessarily combating the presence of procrastination or inertia, but rather we're using them to benefit somebody rather than to their detriment. The the popularization of automated retirement, automatic enrollment automatic progressive savings so that every year on a certain day, the deferral rate automatically increases. You know, if you build these into your plan designs and you implement these in these, in these 401k plans, what we have found is, is that more people are in the plans that they're offered. They're saving at higher rates on day one, and they're saving at higher rates each and every year thereafter because their inertia and their procrastination and other barriers, things like choice overload and how we frame the decisions that they have to make are all being done in a way which leads them to make the right choice rather than the hard choice. So it's putting that inertia and procrastination at work for you in your savings, right? You're you're not asking someone then to take money out of their pocket. It's the money that never in their brain never even went in their pocket. So they're used to that by that point. It's true. If you um if you ask the average person, you know, uh, the average you know middle class worker out there, you know, what's their annual salary? They they typically can't tell you accurately. But if you ask them what their, what their paycheck is, their take-home pay, a lot of them can tell you to the penny what it is. And, um, and if that's wrong or it changes somehow, you know, they'll notice. Even when you look at it from a practical point of view, when do you implement something like, an, like a savings escalation? Someone saving you know, 3% of pay all year long, and then on their first pay period in January, it goes up to 4 Well, why do you time it that way? You time it that way because the one time a year when the paycheck changes is that first paycheck in January because your health benefits renewal just changed and the the cost of health benefits typically change from year to year. So they're expecting that check to be different. So if you, you're you're kind of, in a way, it's a little bit tricky. You know, you're, 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 you're trying to trick somebody into, into taking, into not undoing something that's beneficial to them, but we find that it's very effective when you do it that way. Very effective. And like I said, I, I, I lean in every time you start talking about this. It's, it's really amazing. You know, switching gears a bit, uh, you know, we've established what a great thought leader you are now. You know, Integrated Pension Services, really lucky to have you. It's, it's a unit that's really in growth mode. Big acquisition a few months ago, some big hires. What attracted you to come join us here at Integrated? Yeah. So the big acquisition back in June was of another third-party administration shop here where I am in New Jersey. Part, you know, we're very excited about that expansion and the opportunities it's already brought us. And, you know, we're looking for more opportunities for inorganic growth as well. You know, so if those present themselves, we're going to evaluate them. And if they make sense for us, we won't be shy about going after them. My partner, um, you know, Will Hackler and I have been discussing joining together for a few years. For one reason or another, we couldn't get the timing right, but. Uh, we did finally figure that part out, and I've always been a very entrepreneurial person in spirit. And you know, I wanted to be with a firm that you know shared my mission, shared my vision and values, and for how to run a top shelf retirement plan practice. And integrated checked all those boxes. You said they're lucky. I feel very lucky as well. You know, maybe more so. 
I, I mean, I also love that you're also head of marketing. Um, sometimes getting folks to put on their marketing hat at integrated is a little bit of a challenge. So uh, talk to me about how, how, how spreading the gospel of integrated pension services, how's that part of your mission too? Yeah, of course, that's a, of course, our goal is to grow retirement plan servicing office, offerings to all of our clients. And that includes our TPA services and integrated pension. You know, we view our clients as the employers who sponsor their plans. We view our clients as their employees. We view our clients as all the advisors we partner with and their CPA partners that are centers of influence. And we feel you know, very fortunate that we're supported by I, what I can see is a very unusually high caliber of experienced and incredibly technical support staff, which you know, is really important. You know, marketing is always the first thing to go when, you know, when people get busy, when an advisor gets busy, are they gonna are they gonna work on servicing their accounts? Are they gonna work on selling something new? Or are they gonna work on marketing, which is in, inherently a a longer term value proposition that's really hard to quantify the effectiveness of it. You know, when I came on board here at Integrated, I wanted to be, you know, responsible for our top line revenue growth, which I which is part of my role you know, managing and leading and mentoring our sales staff. But I also felt like having marketing on this umbrella was really important because good sales and good marketing work hand in hand. And marketing can be, if done right, happens when you're not looking because it's already set up. You've got your, you know, you've got your online, you know, LinkedIn's and Facebooks and things like that, where you're putting out information about who you are and you've got your networking and you've got your podcast like this. And if you do all these different things together and you do it continuously and you make it as part of your day-to-day activity, you know, you'll see the, you'll see the, uh, the, the needle move on top line revenue. So that's, that's, that's where that comes from. So what's ahead? What's next for you? In a word, success. Like it. I like it. Keep it short. All the other answers were lengthy. <laughs> With success on the horizon, success on your mind. Um, oh, we go to our last questions. Always from my son, CJ. He's nine. He'll be 10 soon next week. I showed him your blog and uh, he loved all the gifts and the memes. And after a lengthy debate between he and I on the proper way to pronounce the acronym GIF or JIF, he, he came up with the question of, you know, what's your favorite meme? What meme that you post on your social or blog grabs the most attention? So... I own, I own the notion of being a pension geek or a 401k nerd. I own it to my core. It's built into my, both my professional and now my personal DNA at this point. So I am partial to nerdier memes. To, uh, so I like to pull photos from my, you know, some of my favorite comedies and characters from when I was a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s. So you'll see pop culture characters like The Simpsons or you know, Dr. Evil you know, uh, and, and with memes that reference some sort of, you know, fiduciary services, something like that, that's uh, something similar. And I do also kind of like it when, if I could find the me, if I could find it to be animated where somebody's, you know, waggling a finger or they're dancing and, uh, you know, with some sort of t- tongue in cheek reference to, you know, something nerdy like that, 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 that's kind of where my sense of humor no, it goes. He was enjoying the Beavis and Butthead reference. I got to explain to him about Beavis and Butthead. So <laughs> anytime that I get to start to explore like really old pop culture with a 10-year-old, it is, um, it's a blast for me because he has no idea what it is at first. And the next thing I know, he'll come back to me two days later and he'll be like, I watched eight episodes of that show and uh, Quantum Leap wasn't as good as you said it was, dad. And I was like, oh no, Quantum Leap is fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I was never a big Quantum Leap guy, but Beavis and Butthead, that definitely checks up a lot of the boxes. Jason, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for making some time today. And, uh, you know, maybe you go watch some more episodes of Quantum Leap, but then we'll have more to talk about next time. All right, Matt. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jason. Always great to chat. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today here on Perfectly Integrated. For Integrated Partners, I'm Matt Ackerman. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial.